with Technician. I'm Luke Perrin, news editor and your host. On today's episode, we sat down with Mitchell Moravik, the current student senate president in the 97th session of student government. And Jonathan, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and introduce our guest? Well, hello, Luke. Thank you for having me on doing the intro here. My name is Jonathan Carter. I'm Technician's Editor-in-Chief. It's great to be here. And without further ado, here is Luke's interview with Mitchell Moravik, the Student Senate President. So, Mitchell, how did you get involved with student government in the first place? Yeah, so actually, um, my first year, I did not run in the first year Senate elections. I just didn't think student government was for me, and I supported one of my friends running his campaign. Um, But after kind of talking to him and understanding more about what student government does for students, and it's more than just, you know, politics and what we see in our bigger federal government, um, I ran my sophomore year, and I was like, this is something I want to do. I want to get involved more, and I won that election and kind of just stayed with it. So what is your role as the student Senate president? Yeah, so Senate president is kind of practiced as this impartial, unbiased director of the Senate. So um, I'm supposed to make sure the legislation process and really everything we do as Senate goes smoothly and we're following our statutes, which is kind of our rules that we follow. Um, And there's here and there, there's responsibilities of, you know, appointing the chairs of the committees and just kind of making sure the leadership is set up and just working. um, The Senate president is also a student body officer. So it's this kind of larger title that I share the SBP, our student body president, vice president, treasurer, and chief justice are all student body officers. So we kind of represent um, the leadership of student government in general. We have kind of conversations and talk about things that um, don't necessarily fall within a certain branch. So anything from like right now we're talking about, I don't know, getting involved in the homecoming parade. So it's not necessarily something in our rules that says this person decides if we take part in the parade. Um, so just a just conversations about student government's presence and how we advocate on campus can be something we talk about as a student body officers and as that team. But in the Senate, it's back to just kind of empowering senators to be senators, to represent students, and just making sure everything runs smoothly. So you served as a senator um, in your time before you were Senate president. So what would you say is the most impactful piece of legislation that you were a part of during your time as a senator? It's a great question. Um, I have always been more, I've been a part of the conversations of most legislation, but I've been more heavily involved in internal changes. So how we kind of run things. And one of the biggest things I've been a part of was our change to the appropriations process. So how we give money to student organizations. Um, Before I became chair of appropriations, we changed the rules and kind of timeline a little bit to go from a semester semester model. So in the spring, you're applying for money for the next semester in the fall fall for the spring to a break-to-break model. So it it basically allows student orgs to um, essentially get their money a little quicker that they're applying now for that mid-semester, kind of next semester funding and allows, it changes the culture of student orgs a little bit because we definitely saw the issue of, you know, applying in the spring, these student leaders are graduating or they're moving on, the checks kind of get lost or we forget why we needed this money, all that money's coming back to student government. It's getting lost. Um in kind of the process of what they wanted the money for. So I think that change has really made a great um, impact on our ability to f- use student fees, add enough value to it to give it to student organizations and have them put on great events on campus. So not necessarily an external big thing, but it has 
definitely impacted how we do things and it's been pretty positive. How many student student organizations do you all you normally have um, apply for appropriations each cycle? Yeah, so I've seen probably 150 to 200 student organizations apply every cycle. And <clears throat> we lose student orgs here and there based on off of other eligibility requirements, but usually everyone is funded to some amount. And we've ranged in kind of percentage of funding anywhere from we had a really low semester where it was like 40% of what you've requested to a very high, probably 70%. So we definitely don't have the student fees to match all of the requests that we get, but we do allocate to the best of our ability and to events on campus that we hope benefits the students most effectively. Would you say it is the responsibility of senators to reach out to their constituents or constituents to reach out to their representative senators? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, so I definitely remember a, a year in student government where we had a kind of open door policy that, you know, we said, we'll have our doors open. People could always come in and ask any questions or concerns. And that was great, but it didn't address that other side that of how we go out to the constituents. So I, I think it's best to say, you know, senators should be reaching out and they should be going to, whether it's the student orgs that kind of more relate to their colleges, senators represent Colleges, um, college councils, we've been hit or miss basically about reaching out to them and really working with them. You can definitely see our larger delegations, engineering, PCOM, CALS, they have a greater ability to do that because there's just more of them. So they have more um, people power to kind of reach out. But some of our smaller delegations, it can be difficult for them to keep up with the, the um, college meetings or just other ways to reach out. So finding ways whether big or small, for everyone, all senators, to be able to do that. And I think our best path forward is really using more online resources and more ways that we can connect all senators to all students and really hear what they want from us. Well, you jumped into my next question because I was going to say, <laughs> in your campaign, you said you were going to prioritize um, like rebuilding relationships with college councils, especially um, with the Senate. So I was just going to, I was going to ask, but I think you already answered it. Um, has there been significant progress um, on that so far, the session. Yeah. So the biggest stark difference is we made a directory. So we know Ooh. what all the kind of councils look like and not every council is the same and when they meet or what the structure is. So we actually have that information. We know who the college council presidents are, but um, really next is just reaching out to them and understanding what they want from us. There might be councils that want to be more independent and they kind of already find their functions, but there should be a way we can connect with all councils and make sure, you know, whether it's the vacant seats, the open seats of Senate, how we can advertise to them because they know their kind of colleges best and how to reach out best, but also just can we work on events on things? Can we um, collaborate? Some councils allocate funding on their own. So just working with that too, to make sure student fees, wherever they're going, whether it's through student government, through a college council or through some other entity, they're getting back to students in the best way. So since we're on the topic of outreach, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what would you say is the current state of SG's public relations? How do people perceive SG right now in your eyes? I think student government has been in the student media a lot more this year and for certain reasons. Uh, one thing I like to do, whether it's the online publications or the paper articles, I cut them all out, I laminate them in our involvement center and I archive them. So I have this big box of all the publications we've done or at least had done about student government or student government events this year. So I, it's 
good to kind of, for my own sake, just see what's being said about student government in the moment, but kind of see as the year goes on what's kind of being covered. So, you know, I've seen a lot of the outreach events we've done, whether it was back in the spring, we had our final lecture series to just other things, our executive side, the events they're doing, the town halls and stuff, to kind of see that coverage and hope that students are reading that and also understanding that student government is organizing those things. But I've definitely seen um, a lot of great coverage about the legislative side, whether it's the student fees or um, our punitive process that has been ongoing with the treasurer to everything, like even the appointments I made um, earlier in the session. So being able to kind of see that stuff come out and also help students answer that question of what student government does. And we still seek that answer to it for ourselves sometimes within student government. So being able to answer that question together, but also get the information out there for them to make their own decisions and kind of understanding about, okay, my student government did this for me today. Do I think that's enough or do I think that was right of them to do? And hopefully they are able to, or understand that they can take response to that and be like, okay, if it was good, I can reach out and thank student government. If it was bad, I can reach out and really question and challenge how I'm being represented. Mm -hmm. So not only is it Halloween season, it's student fee season. Okay. I was, I was trying to be funny. Um, so you have a very integral role um, in the student fee process. So could you elaborate um, exactly what that role is, what it looks like? Yeah. So student fees is not what you're it's not tuition, quote unquote. It's kind of the money, you could call it additional money, but basically what goes to other sort of entities on campus. So that's student government, everything from your legal fees to your student counseling and health to many other fee areas that I'm not addressing right now. But the student senate president co-chairs the committee with the vice chancellor and dean, Mike Mullen, um, about student fee reviews. So every year, these departments and entities are asking for a little bit of increase and um, from the state level, I think the cap is at 3%. So fees usually will, will never kind of be increased more than 3% in a year, but all of them, they present their budgets, present what they're looking for an increase in of. That committee, that student fee review committee, has four student members, five non-student faculty staff members. Um, and then my kind of vote on the committee, how I address those fee increases, comes from the Senate, which is an extension of the students. So we see... Definitely, the, that's kind of the next step beyond student senate, hearing all the requests and making the recommendations. And very often, you will see those recommendations of the senate, what they vote on, kind of climb that ladder of fee approvals, that student fee review committee to the chancellor, to board of trustees, board of governors, general assembly. Um, all of those very much follow what the students have requested and voted on in the first place. So it's really kind of a crowd mark of the Senate, I guess, to understand that our deliberations and our choices do have a direct impact on how fees are addressed. Would you say that's the most important thing that the Senate does? I think the long scheme, yes, because, you know, it's about college and paying for college and college affordability is definitely a huge issue. Um, but then you could also look at the things we more directly do. So appropriations, giving that money back to student orgs is a very kind of direct component of how we address needs on campus. So it's, I guess it depends on how you view impact where you, whether you can kind of see it big picture and see like college affordability, but you could also look at, you know, did I get this free t-shirt from this event <laughs> on campus and did that most immediately affect me and really just kind of how you view that. 
where does the fee process move from here now that it has gone to the student fee review committee? Yeah. So to the best of my knowledge, I know um, that there is a tuition review committee that kind of addresses some common annual concerns. I don't think tuition changes all that dramatically. And the student body president co-chairs that committee with our provost Arden. Um, both of those committees recommendations come together in kind of a conference committee with the chancellor. Um, those recommendations <clears throat> are given to him and kind of, again, climbs that ladder of, you know, board of trustees, our board of governors and our general assembly to ultimately approve or understand what they want tuition and fees to look like for the UNC system. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for the legislative branch so far this session? Okay. So I think the biggest challenge really comes down to, I mean, we've had great, we are really great at coming up with ideas. We can sit around kind of a a small group or in our committees and just come up with ideas, things we've heard, things we're thinking about, but understanding how we as students or student leaders can turn that into action or turn that into um, kind of directives for people to figure out. It's always a kind of philosophical question in the Senate, you know, do are we supposed to come up with the answers to our problems or do we kind of just address that there are problems and ask, you know, the people that we hire to run our dining services or housing services to kind of figure out those answers for us. So it's really just a challenge to understand of what's our biggest role as student advocates and to what extent we need to, you know, even, you know, doing the research or kind of proving that these are concerns because even one student who comes to student government with a concern is heard and is validated, but how do we address that or prioritize that amongst the other many students that like to address their concerns to student government and ultimately deciding what we work on and what we should be putting our resources and research and kind of power into. I mean, I'm a pessimist, so I had to ask the negative question first. So now I'll be more optimistic. What would you say is the greatest success um, the legislative branch has had so far this session? I don't know you're supposed to remain objective, but as objectively as you can answer. Okay, so the greatest success, um, you don't really see this as a non-member of student government, but within student government, there's always been um, different levels of relationships between the legislative and the executive branch. So executive is very initiative and kind of external focused, you know, on almost programming around the concerns of students while legislative is deliberating and kind of taking stances on things. So those um, two goals should be working together, but can sometimes clash. And sometimes the students involved in both are within their kind of communities of both branches. So I think we've done a really great job of working closer together this year and understanding each other's goals and how we are ultimately, you know, that one SG or to any student they see student government, they don't necessarily see Senate or the executive branch working on independent things. So I definitely owe that. Or I think both Jackie and Mia coming from the Senate has been a great help to kind of for them to see our side of things in the Senate and working into the executive system. But we've it works both ways. And definitely um, someone from the executive branch can, you know, many executive members are coming to Senate meetings. Senators are getting more interested in executive side of things. So even kind of just showing up to each other's events or meetings has really helped build that communication and really bring us together. What goals do you have moving forward to the rest of the 97th session? Yeah. So in terms of what I'm looking forward to, our website has been, 
computer mess. We're really trying to get it back upgraded. We recently moved into a kind of new system where we had to change our website a little bit. Um, so understanding that <clears throat> and really just realizing that student government needs to move into the age of technology and getting online with more things. Our appropriations process has recently got very digital with a online help session and kind of online components. Um, so everything from, you know, elections to legislation and being able to check in with your student government and reaching out to your representatives. I want to make sure we're being very intentional about how we can support the student who's willing to show up to the office doors at 9 a.m. as soon as they open, to the student who is up at 3 a.m. just thinking about all their concerns and how they can both kind of check in and they can both be accommodated. So I would hope we find some creative solutions to addressing kind of the needs of students being students first, but also being able to be a student leader and connect, whether it's connecting with those constituents or writing out your ideas or also leaving a transition because we have been in Senate for a while and haven't really seen that greatest of transition to the new session from the old session of whether it's documents or just like, here's what we've worked on. These are the resolutions we passed last session. <laughs> so these are something you can work on or pass on to the executive branch to implement. So really working back and being more than just a one, one term session. If you could have one vote back for any piece of legislation in your time as a <laughs> senator, what would it be? If you could change your vote. Okay, I'll just come out and say it. Um, last session was the Wolfpack Students Termination Act. Um, it was a legislation that I put up and um, we passed through committee and I ultimately advocated that, hey, I was kind of supporting this conversation and I think I ultimately voted no on that legislation. But I think Wolfpack Students has kind of moved in a greater direction. We've implemented some rules that have really supported it. But I'll say I probably would have voted yes and kind of just... I still, in my heart, believe we could just <laughs> restart and really come up with a better system, but um, that will probably get some growls, but <laughs> that's what I believe. So you're in your fifth year now at NC State. Mm -hmm. um, what are your plans post-graduation? Yes, the wonderful question. What is Mitchell doing next? Um, I had to ask. Sure. Uh, so I think it was about my junior year. Because of my involvements and kind of being in tally for multiple hours a day and just kind of being in the real heart of student involvement, I've become very impassioned about higher education and just kind of student affairs. So I've realized and, you know, kind of talked to a lot of my mentors and advisors about their career path and education path into education and understood that there is master's programs and there is kind of higher ed about higher ed. So I've looked into those programs and I'm definitely right now applying to some schools and programs outside of NC State. I have kind of decided that I don't want to stay here for grad school um, in those kind of areas. And then Beyond that, definitely making a decision that, you know, is higher education for me or do I want to kind of pursue other interests? I'm double majoring in engineering and humanities, so I have a lot of opportunity, I guess, to explore those. And I really like my psychology degree, so maybe going more into that. Or there's really great opportunities within higher education, kind of education to not supplement, but bring in other disciplines. So working with counseling or working with psychology within that would also be a really great way to kind of bring my passions together. Well, Mitchell, thank you for coming on. It thank has been so a much, blast. Dude. Sweet. 
This week's episode of Dialogue with Technician was written and recorded by me, Luke Perrin. We record in WKNC Recording Studios in the third floor of Witherspoon Student Center. Technician's editor-in-chief is Jonathan Carter. You can address any concerns or if you just want to talk to him at technician-editor at ncsu.edu. As always, we'll see you next week. Thank you.